just naturally we want to like avoid pain as much as possible and in all the areas that it looks right pain from telling a client bad news pain from setting expectations with the client you know in fear of oh they might fire me well guess what they'll probably fire you in three months when you've submitted 12 offers and you've gotten blasted out on all of them so you have to have these conversations up front so the question is this how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves that's the question and this podcast will give you the answer Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Kelly Skevel back again. And today I get to interview Belle Tunstall. Did I, I got it right? Got it right. Okay. Yes. Belle Tun Tunstall. She is out of Northern Virginia and she is being recognized as a 30 under 30 with Realtor Magazine, right? Yes. Awesome. So thanks for coming on, Belle. Excited to have you. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about that nomination, like how, how you got, like how you got that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I think, you know, you, 
you can apply. And I'll be totally honest. I, th- I don't know why I thought this. I thought that you had to either have closed like at least 30 deals or sold at least 30 million in volume. I don't know why that's, that's what I thought. That's so thankfully I had done both. So I was like, oh my gosh, I should at least apply. You never know it's nationwide. So I applied and then, you know, kind of was in this vetting process for a little while, maybe a couple months. And so made it as a, uh, there was like over 300 people, I think that applied. It's anyone under 30 in the wow. country doing real estate. Okay. Um, so I think there was like over 300 or so applicants and then they brought it down to 50 and then, um, yeah, uh, called me and well, again, to, uh, when I applied, I had to answer like a ha- bunch of questions, um, you know, about business and whatever, all these different things. Um, my involvement in the community and, you know, tons of different things. And so then they called me a little bit later and just asked a couple more follow-up questions. I waited a couple more weeks and then, um, and then they announced the 50. And so they had this thing where it was like, okay, they announced all the 50, you could like read everybody's bio and stuff. And then they, there was, so the committee was going to pick 29 and the internet could pick one. So they had like a, it was like open to voting. So um, for, I think almost like a week, it was like five days or something. You could just go in and vote uh, like once a day for the person you wanted to win. So I think somebody like, I don't know, out West, they won, uh, they had like almost 2000 votes or something like that. So, um, so I didn't get the online choice award, but I was picked by the committee and found out. And it was actually so special. Like our team is, you know, fairly large, you know, we've got 30 some agents and cover a good amount of territory. And so, uh, one of the first times in a few months, our whole team had gotten together, uh, and we were just out to eat at a restaurant. And I found out that day that I had actually been selected. So it was so cool just getting to like celebrate that moment. Yeah. My whole team, like back office, everybody. So we were all like, "Ah," you know, it was, it was so exciting. Cause I, you know, for me, it's like, I've played sports my whole life. Like I understand that, you know, if you experience success in any area of your life, chances are like you didn't get there alone. You know, you've had mentors, you've, you know, academically, you've had tutors maybe, or, you know, with sports, you've had coaches, you know, stuff like that. So for me, it's like any vocational recognition, it's great, but I'm like, okay, how, you know, no way I would have closed 80 deals last year without my showing partner, Megan, who's amazing without my transaction coordinators who like work on the weekends and weeknights and help me. And, you know, all that stuff. My, my boss, Chris Craddock and David Mount, you know, they, they coach me and, and everything. So it was, it was really special to experience it with. Oh, that's so. great. And then you got to, you got to celebrate finding out with all of the people that you felt like. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Really. Oh, was, that's awesome. Yeah. It was so like heartfelt. Chris, um, I don't know where we were. I forget the name of the restaurant, but there's like a chocolate pinata you can buy, I guess. I was like, I had no idea about this, but <laughs> So out came this like big chocolate thing and they like gave me a little bat, I guess. And so I like cracked it and it was kind of like a fondue thing. I know it was, it was so extra, but it was, I mean, it was so special. Yeah. So you are, tell me, remind me how are you? You're 29. Yeah. 29. So made it. (laughs) But you were recognized and you said uh, more in a more local 40 under 40 the previous year. Yeah. So um, yeah. So in 2021, it was 40 under 40, which actually I think maybe my mindset for that was because for that one, it wasn't, I mean, I was just sort of recognized by like stats, I guess. So that actually was either, well, you had to be under 40 years old and then it was either 40 units closed or 40 million in volume. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. why then so, correlated it with- I guess so. Yeah. Which again, for the 30 under 30, 
you could have closed nine deals, but if you feel like you're killing it, you can, you know, you can apply and then they'll check everything out. So yeah. So for the 40 under 40 thing, that was really cool, especially because, you know, when I got started, I was 23 and, you know, again, I grew up in Vienna, Virginia. It's like maybe 30 minutes outside Washington, DC. And, um, I don't know. I went to school. This was, I mean, I had like a year long position job after I graduated at the university I attended. And so this was really my first job career. I was talking to Chris Craddock, my boss, and I've known him. He's been a family friend for many years. And so he was like, you should do real estate. I think you'd be great at it. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is so random. It was before it was mainstream before selling sunset and (laughs) everything, you know, and I feel like with the pandemic, just with so many things shutting down, I think a lot of people, have now turned into like kind of like lending and got, you know, they've gotten into real estate. But when I got started, like it was me and the average 54 year old person, you know I mean? (laughs) I mean, I was like, uh, am I going to, how am I going to do this? I don't know. It was very humbling because I was kind of like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm going to be unique. And then literally everyone I talked to, they're like my mom, my brother, my uncle, my sis. I'm like, how is everybody a realtor? You know? So when I moved home, it was, I don't know. So anyways, getting started was like, it was a little rough. And so, um, but anyways, yeah, it was just, it was an interesting experience getting started. So you started at 23, mm-hmm. almost fresh out of college, right? Like you were out yeah. of college a year. Okay. And you joined a team. You didn't go mm-hmm. out, you didn't do it on your own. You joined a team. Um, and on this team, you had access to transaction coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, a mentor. What it was? Yeah. All the teams are set up a little bit different. So, what was available to you that you in the team that like helped make you successful? Yeah, I think it was. Well, again, you know, I played sports my whole life, so I'm very competitive. Uh, you know, always have like a goal in mind. I'm striving to get better, and so I think, you know, with this team, I really felt like I've actually seen it grow a lot too over the years. When I kind of joined the team, they were maybe like four years young or whatever. So still kind of figuring it out. I think everything looks a lot different now. And I'm so happy for the newer agents because when I started, it was like, yeah, typically, you know, you'll close something in your first six months. And to the day I closed my first deal in six months, I had a rental in between, but so I was like, I'm killing it. And then even in in the coming years, we brought on newer agents and like in the first month they have something pending. I'm like, what? So we've really upped kind of the training. And I think, you know, for me, it just, I felt like the team, our team really comes from just like an abundance mentality. And I feel like as other agents had like joined our team and come from other teams or brokerages or whatever, um, you know, they would tell stories that agents, they're all cold calling in their center and they would pick up the phone and like, if if someone answered, they would leave. Like they didn't want anyone to hear like the competition, I guess. I don't know. So it's kind of refreshing because, you know, again, it's like, there's, so many leads and things like that. But I feel like with our team, it just is a, it's a very healthy environment and one to, you can really grow in. And so I think I saw that. I also see like in our team leader, Chris, like he is constantly learning and educating and teaching us and he's hungry for that. So I feel like he's never complacent. And so our team is always in this like kind of upward movement. And I feel like, you know, the industry is so cutthroat. It's like 13% make it past five years. And so you know, I feel like with the team, I just saw a lot of opportunity and, and I just felt like it it really feels like a team. I feel like some teams, it's kind of like an umbrella and they just have a bunch of people under them and Mm -hmm. you're kind of working as more of a solo agent, but like we train every day. Like I actually led this morning, we had a a zoom huddle and 
every day we train five days a week and um, try to do like client appreciation events and stuff like that. I'm talking to all of our team members like every day. So I just felt like it, it just made sense. And I've, I mean, I've never looked anywhere else or even wanted to consider because I just feel so fulfilled and, um, and with the market shift, right. Even at the beginning with COVID and stuff and how that, I think, you know, it was interesting because I feel like people like to flex on, they're like, I've been in it 30 years or I've been in it, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been in it like 12 months or, you know, it's so, but it was interesting because once the pandemic hit, it was sort of like, it didn't matter if you've been in it 30 years or three months, like we were all experiencing, experiencing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like, who can adapt, who can evolve and who can do it the quickest. I totally agree. It, it was an opportunity to, to really, for people to really show if they can pivot or not. Like you, at least my, my personal experience was that you really had to pivot. And if you were um, stuck in your ways, if you didn't want to get on the zoom train, like if you didn't want to figure out how to sell a house virtually, then you were being left in the dust and the people that were pivoting quickly with, I mean, up here in New York, we are having the the regulations and the rules and whether or not we are allowed to enter a house or contact clients was like changing from day to day. And it was the agents who really like, like started grinding and pivoting with all of it um, that you see still now are really doing, you know, really successful. And, and there are ones that, and it's not all of them, but there, there were the ones that didn't really, weren't ready to pivot with the technology um, yeah. that are being left in the dust now. Yeah. And I get it. It's not like, you know, just because I'm kind of younger in the industry and I'm more tech savvy, you know, honestly, even with my age, I'm still like, I'm not on TikTok, and I have done one reel and it was so painful. <laughs> that so I was, painful. Yeah. I was like, I just was like, I'm not doing this. So, I mean, if, if anyone's listening, don't think that, you know, oh, I'm young and I, you know, was able to just like absolutely kill it through totally only social media, like the new trends TikTok and stuff. Cause yeah, TikTok, like I'm not, I'm not doing that. I think for me, it was just an opportunity where I was like, dang, you know, again, people like to flex on like the past and all this stuff, but like what's happening right now, where for the first time in our industry, everybody, it is the, the most level field yes. ever. Like you're so right. It was, it was completely leveled. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was like, you know, and I, and it was interesting because in 2019 I had attended actually, no, that would have been a year ahead then. Anyways, in 2019, I had attended a couple like mastermind conferences and I had had like my growing experience was just kind of slow. And I mean, I look back and it was like, you know, I was constantly breaking ceilings and then having to adapt. And, you know, it was like, oh, I'm really good at, you know, okay okay, they answered the phone. Great. Now what do I do? Okay. They answer the phone. We're having a conversation. I need to set the appointment. Okay, great. I finally know how to set the appointment. Now they need to actually show up to the appointment or talk to the lender. Okay. Now they've done that. And like, okay, now I'm showing so many homes and I'm not writing offers. Okay. Now I'm writing offers and ratifying, but they're constantly falling through and I'm not having a lot of closings. Like, okay. You know, my mind is blown is blown because I'm I have three deals happening right now. Like this is so chaotic. And you know, at one point I got to where I had 18 deals at once. Yeah. So it's like you're constantly like growing. But yep. I just learned at this conference the 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 importance of setting expectations with clients. And I I I it sounds elementary, but it will save you so much time, like and and money and effort and emotion, like just being able to really guide your clients 
through the transaction. Again, I work more with buyers. I probably have one to three listings, you know, every month or so, but I'm very buyer heavy. And so being able to lead them through like all the way from when we first talked all the way until we close, but knowing how to like learning how to do that. And I think it just really clicked for me with the expectations so much so that in 2019, I closed like 30 some deals. Uh So, you know, for 2020, I'm thinking, okay, 50, maybe I hope, you know, that's kind of like the the growth progression and end up closing 72. So it was just absolutely doubled the amount. No, you more than you did. You more than doubled. So you went from 30 to 72. Mm-hmm. You more than doubled the amount in a pandemic. Like it was in, in that pandemic. shutdown world. Yeah. yeah, you and you attribute a lot of that. I mean, you know, we talked uh, before we started recording, but a lot there's a, a large piece of that you attribute to having co- conversations about and setting expectations for your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I felt like again when I was 23, like when I when I closed my first deal. I was, I mean, at the time I didn't own a home, you know, I was like, we're in this together. You know, like we're both learning what this process looks like. Um, and so having done it at least for a few years and, and just being a quick learner, like you, you just, you have to learn from your mistakes in real estate. Mistakes are so expensive, you know, and (laughs) for you to like, keep learning them. It's like, I mean, it'll cost you an arm and a leg, almost all your commission, a whole client, you know, uh, four months of work and thousands of miles and down the drain because you just can't learn this one problem. So, you know, for me, it was just actually taking, you know, a hard look at my business and okay, where are the pain points? Where am I, where do, where are these pitfalls? Um, and for me, I think it was that I was showing like 50 homes and this is before showing partners. So it was like, I was showing like anywhere from 20 to 50 homes like per buyer. And again, this was kind of before the turn. So like 2017 to maybe 2019 where buyers had a little bit more choice. Yeah. And um and it just, you know, I just couldn't I couldn't get them to commit or we would go under contract and then they'd have buyers remorse. So I didn't even know how to like explain buyers remorse to them and how it's a real thing and how you know, it's you're get, it's like the largest transaction of course. Like I experienced buyers remorse buying $300 Bose headphones when I first got started and had no money, but I had saved for it and I knew I needed it because I spent 7 hours a day on the phone. Yeah. So it's like of course you're going to experience it with a half million dollar investment. And so just like the littlest things like you just had to take a hard inventory of your business and you know really assess, okay, where are these pain points? Where do I keep stumbling and how can I fix this? So so let's um Go, let's dive a little bit into, so you were showing like one client 30 to 50 homes before they would commit to one. Yeah. Because I just wasn't oh. asking the right questions. Okay. Yeah. You so got, you ha- yeah. So you, you have to dig deep, you know, if you're in a home and they're just like, I just don't feel it. It's like, well, okay. Like, what does that mean? You know? And, and I, um, you know, I, in that training, that mastermind where I was, the agent who was teaching on it gave an example. I think they were in Florida or something. And they had a client who they were showing lots and lots of homes. And all she said was, she kept saying like, the home is just dark. It just feels dark, dark, dark. And so she was showing her like homes that were like lined with windows and all this mm-hmm. stuff, excess lighting. Yeah. And she kept being like, oh, just, and she was sort of like, what? Like, and eventually, right. 15 homes deep. She found out that actually the buyer just wants high ceilings. Like to her, that just means it's you know, lighter, I guess. So you have okay. to, like, so it feels repetitive, but when you're talking to a client, you know, I think they call it like three deep. So it's like, you know, Hey, so-and-so, um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, 
you know, a, an open concept's important. So why is that important? Oh, well, you know, we, we love to entertain. Oh, you like to entertain. Okay. Do you have family in the area? Um, no, we actually don't. So when they come, we want to like host, a, you know, large groups and, and we're involved in our community. So we have people over and our kids, they're on sports teams. So it's like, you just have to like, keep digging, keep asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. So, so you really figured out that setting expectations with your clients is, you know, again, we, t- we already said this, but it has attributed to your success. So in um, the current market where we're seeing buyers, I just saw um, a stat that said on average across the US right now, there's um, 4.8 offers on every listing that hits the market. So I mean, I don't know about you in your market, but we are seeing multiple listings, like every it's a, it's a bidding war everywhere, oh, yeah. everything. Um, so how are you managing buyer expectations with the bidding war? Because, um, you know, they're pro- the likelihood of them winning their first multi um, offer situation is probably pretty low. So how so what conversations are you having with them to set that expectation? Totally. I mean, I think that when talking to your clients, again, you always want them to know that you're on their side, you're with them, you are their advocate, you know, you're going to bat for them. I think that, you know, when talking through the current market, it's just, again, setting those expectations that, hey, you know, it is, it's typical, again, because inventory is so low. Um, I think I saw somewhere that it was like, there's like 200 some thousand homes across the country really that are for sale. Whereas in 2016, it was like over, you know, it was like 1.3 million or something like that. I mean, oh, we're, it's like such wow. a difference right now. Yeah. Quote me, I think, you know, yeah. guesstimating, I don't remember. The, <laughs> but you get the picture, right? There's just like no inventory. Right. So, I mean, unfortunately for some of my buyers and I, you know, it just takes us getting burned a couple of times for them to actually understand like, oh, wow. Okay. So it is normal to waive this or that. But I think the biggest thing is depending on your market, I think for us, you know, being right outside DC, with like, you know, government and military bases and things like that. So it's just setting expectation in price. You know, I basically with all of my buyers, I'm like, okay, in some parts of the country, sure, you get the new build, like detached two car, three car garage. It's in a great location. It's inexpensive. But for us, it's like, you got to pick two. Do you want the big house? And are you proof for half a million? So now we have to go 30 miles out. Or are you dying to be in Arlington right outside DC and you're approved for 300,000? So we're looking at condos. Like it's just a, it's, it's a give and take. So Mm -hmm. for clients, it's like in this market, setting that first expectation of just like, okay, if 550, if you're looking only for a single family home and if 550 is our max, homes are selling like 10 to 15% of list price. And in some locations, it's like 22. So it's like, if 550 is our max, we have absolutely no business. Like, don't even look at that 549-999 house. Don't even look at the, honestly, for some of them, I'm like 525. Like, I service at 500. So it's it's a tricky balance. And again, you want them to know that you're you know, you, you're on their side. So it's just setting that expectation in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, again, days on market's the enemy of price. So it's like, of course we will still consider some of these homes between 525 and 548, 549, if it's been on the market for 5, 10, 14 right. days. But if yeah. it's coming soon, they have an offer deadline, like for <laughs> that's yeah. going to the sixes, you know? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Having those conversations, those are conversations that we didn't have to have a couple of years ago. We didn't, I find um, sp- I'm spending a lot more time prepping buyers and even sellers, really, because um, up here, it's really our, our market up here right now is like a week to week. Now you can, depending on what buyers are out and in, in looking, you know, this week, certain houses can hit the market and 
draw multiple offers. I've seen a couple over the last couple of weeks that have come on at a decent price and the buyers weren't there and they actually didn't even draw an offer. Mm -hmm. There was only a couple, but it was like, it was interesting to see in the market up here is just kind of changing like on a week to week basis. Totally. Yeah. And I even stations. Yeah. And I think even, I mean, there was spring break for us for like all the schools a couple of weeks ago. And so I think some of my buyers maybe lucked out because there was just a little bit less traffic and less so, people looking. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, so it really is week to week. And I think depending on the house, like condo markets a little bit slower. So I've closed a few like this year so far, and we've actually been able to have like an info only home inspection or, you know, a partial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, you know, partial appraisal wave or, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, another big area of growth in my business, like with expectations, but it's just learning how to like, again, like kind of lead the clients. And I remember like there was two times in terms of, you know, uh, like response time with clients, um, right before my showing partner, I was just getting, I was so backlogged and so busy. And, you know, my best friend at the time was going through like, you know, uh, chemo treatment. And so I was like trying to visit her, but then I have like 18 active clients at home. And so it was hard because I was trying to get them into the homes, but I just, I wasn't, um, you know, I, I got fired like maybe two times within a few months. And one was, you know, they, I just, you know, kind of got sloppy with my craft, you know, I just wasn't, doing the things I know I need to do, right? If you've got buyers and you're in this market where things are just wrapping up all the time, you have to understand, okay, it's, it's, you know, you're taking your time to drive out wherever to do it, but so are they like they're leaving family, leaving work, they are prioritizing their search. And so you need to do your due diligence, not even just text, but you have to at least try to talk to that listing agent beforehand. Hey, do you have any offers on the table? Any coming in? Do the sellers need a rent back? Uh, you know, what are they looking for in an offer? And guess what? You know, sucks to suck. But if you're showing five homes that day, you got to do that for all of them. So that way, when you're showing the house, you're like, hey, they have offers on the table. We need to act like now. Maybe you go to the showing with the offer bones because I hadn't done that with those clients. And twice, one time I was sitting in the uh, driveway waiting for them. And then I got a text saying, oh, you know, the house went to pending. And I was, and then they pulled up right behind me. I was like, oh my God, you know, and that was the only one we were seeing that day. Yeah. And then the, and then the other time, which I think this might've been one of the turning points, but you know, um, I had paid an agent on our team to show them and, you know, they were in the house like touring it and it like basically went to pending. So uh-huh. like you just, I mean, it's painful you know, painful lessons, expensive lessons, you know, so, you know, that was one. And then again, with just another, uh, client who they had texted, they were in Texas, I think. So they were an hour back. And so they had texted me, it was like after nine, I was with family and I, I like saw it, but I just didn't really engage with it until the next morning, but it was too late. They were just like, Oh, we want to go a different way. So, you know, just managing expectations of like, I mean, such a simple thing, right. I could have texted them. Hey, like with family, I'll, I'll look at this in the morning. Mm -hmm but I hadn't, I didn't do it. So just, you know, those types of things. There was also a, I had like a seller once and this was kind of, this was early on, but we were looking at comps and I had only done neighborhood comps. Like I had just pulled in the neighborhood. I hadn't learned, you know, to do the MLS like map search, but Mm. she was like stuck on this one house, like down a hill outside of the little radius. Um, And so, yeah, to her, I was like, an idiot. I didn't know the area. I didn't know the right comps. So just all these like little things over the years that I kind of look back on and it just helped me refine the craft. Sure. There were painful lessons and things that you could have so easily fixed, but just being a quick learner in this market, because it does shift and change. 
I mean, weekly, if not daily. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. If single family, multifamily, new build and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation and equity. Rent to Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or call 1-800-311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, we dig in for a good 45 minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business. You know, if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff, they work with other agents on a referral basis. And we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan, right? Every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan. You should all be investing in real estate. And if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it, maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you. So thank you for listening. Go check them out. Now back to the rest of our podcast. Yes, exactly. I think this is super valuable because um, I feel like we don't share often enough, like, um, you know, we all talk about growth and how we've grown since we first started, but like, how did we grow? It was through a lot of times it is through like failures or mistakes or things where you're like, lessons learned, right? So the fact that you're sharing these lessons um, with all of us, I think is super valuable. Oh, yeah, appreciate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think people, you know, they want to just naturally, we want to like avoid pain as much as possible. And in all the areas that it looks right, pain from telling a client bad news, pain from setting expectations with the client, you know, in fear of, oh, they might fire me. Well, guess what? They'll probably fire you in three months when you've submitted 12 offers and you've gotten blasted out on all of them. Yeah. So you have to have these conversations up front listing yeah. you know, for listings. If they, if they're unrealistic with the price, they are, you know, gung-ho on this Zillow's estimate or whatever. (laughs) So, you know, and I'm not encouraging everybody to just, you know, cut ties and, you know, sorry, if they're unrealistic, don't work with them. I'm not saying that, but it's like, we, we go away from pain, but in the end of the day, it will build trust and it'll make you look like the expert and you'll be the hero when you ratify on the first deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can remember in the very beginning, I would be nervous to have these conversations, especially with um, when I was on the list, when I was the listing agent and the price they wanted to list at did, wasn't anywhere near what I like had uh, as in my CMA. Yeah. And, you know, in the first couple of times, it was like very awkward. I didn't want to tell them that, you know, it was probably too high. And now I'm just like, hey, listen, like I will list it at what you want to list. I just need you to know that this is what's going to happen if we're too high. It's going to it's going to sit. We'll probably have a lot of showings. Like I go through my whole spiel oh, yeah. with them and I'm like, I'm like, I'm just being honest with you. And they're like, OK, I'm like, but I'm happy to do this. Like, we'll give it a shot. I'm, I'm wrong sometimes. Like, we'll just 
see, yeah. you know, see how it goes. And, and then, and then when it does kind of follow what I was like, if we're too high, this is what's going to happen. They're not, they're not mad at me. I, I, you know, I set the, I, oh yeah. Expectation, I, so. I, yeah. And I think one of the best things that happened was I was showing clients they're, they're pretty realistic, but again, like buyers basically have to get burned a few times if they don't trust you right off the bat, they have to get burned a few times to actually be like, okay, I have to waive everything and, you know, pull from my 401k and get a gift yeah. from my parents and, you know, whatever. But, um, I was showing clients, we were like the first ones into this like listing. It was checking a lot of boxes and on, and on our way out, this agent who had the next showing, she like came busting in and the listing agent was there. I guess the sellers were out of town and she was a neighbor. And so she was just present at the house. Yeah. And this other agent came in as we're coming down the stairs and she's like yelling to the agent, like, we're ready. You know, we'll, we'll put, you know, 200 K over. We're waving everything. We can close in two weeks. <laughs> so, like literally she's just blabbing this whole offer. You're hearing the whole thing. I, and, and it's, I mean, I was glad because we were, we had been up in the master bedroom, just all like talking and saying, okay, like, I was like, I think we should escalate here and do this and that. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously they were talking way or, you know, way higher margins, <laughs> but I was sort of like, Y'all hear this, you know, Thank like this you. is what I'm <laughs> dealing with. Like, you know, when I'm talking to other agents and they're like, yeah, we've got eight offers and we're north of X. And yeah. so I feel like, again, like naturally we want to move away from pain. And I just feel like as cheesy as it is, like, I'm not saying like embrace it, you know, it's amazing. Cause yeah, it's totally sucks in the moment, but I feel like in real estate, being a quick learner, not relearning the same expensive mistakes and mm-hmm. just being able to accept a situation that really stinks. Maybe, you know, maybe you messed up. Maybe you said something you should have, shouldn't have sent, sent an addendum you shouldn't have sent, missed a deadline or yeah. you know, did something, or maybe something happened to you, but just embracing it of like, okay, like how can I learn from this and move from this? How yeah. I feel like every, yeah. yeah, every transaction, I mean, I've done so many, I mean, close to 300 at this point, but it's like, I, every time I'm like learning something new in every transaction and I'm like, okay, I need to pivot a little bit for yeah. my expire or whatever. I need to set better ex- expectations in this area, or I need to make sure that my lender fully explains that. But I just yeah. feel like, you know, for me being on a team, just bringing, pro- I mean, having humility, like just bringing problems to the team yeah. um, and being able to problem solve with them. Like, Hey, you know, this, the septic is blown, but we have to do this and it's VA and we have to close to get the money. But, you know, it's just like all these random situations. It's like, hopefully, right. Or if you're on a team or if you're not, you have your broker, like being able to just talk through those things and like, it will only help you in the end. But some right. people, like as humans, you know, when we experience pain, we want to like run from it and yeah, yeah. So. no, but like you said, owning it, finding out what you can learn from it and then move on. Yeah. Use that, use that to grow and keep going. All great stuff. Yeah. So I especially like the bouncing. I, I too am on a team and, you know, the being able to bounce, I know that you can have a safe place where you can go to say, Hey, this is a problem I'm experiencing. You know, how have you, have you seen this and how have you dealt with it? I yeah. even, I'm even asking um, the agents on my team. I'm like, what do you like? I'm constantly like, what are you seeing winning offers? And they'll tell me. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and like, I like find little things. I'm like, that's good. I'm going to take yeah. that. You just like have, you know, a lot to put more, you know, more to put in your arsenal. Oh yeah. I actually heard um, back in the thick of it of like 2021 when stuff was just wild, wild west, like crazy. I had heard (laughs) of people who were offering, like buyers were offering a Netflix subscription or, you know, I heard somebody like a TV. I mean, like, yeah, it was like, it was crazy, but it's been funny because I feel like through social media, I've been able to 
uh, like, again, I don't know. I was like in my head when I first got started, I was like, I'm not making an Instagram for work because I need to like, I need to actually be in this industry long enough. I felt like, you know, I feel like a lot of people, they make a career change and then create a Facebook page and all this stuff. And, and then maybe they fizzle out, you know? So I was like, it was more of a slow burn for me. Um, but I was like on a bachelorette in like Tulum with one of my friends before the pandemic. And then, you know, like, just seeing past clients or people like seeing my stories and stuff. I was like, I think it's time. I think I need a work page. You know, I was like, I don't think I want (laughs) my life to intertwine. So during 2020, I did make an Instagram. It was like, I was five years in. So in August I'll be, uh, will be seven. Oh my gosh, seven years. Um, and so it's been fun. Cause I feel like, you know, again, the, the job can feel kind of lonely at times. Again, I'm more of a buyer's agent. So I'm driving everywhere, showing all these things, inspections, you know, by myself, if my client can't make it or writing offers on the side of the highway, hot spotting, you know, it's like, and, and what I, I teach a lot of classes on social media and stuff. And what I, what I tell people is like, you're doing this stuff anyways, like just bring people along. Why do we follow influencers and all these famous people? It's because we, we like their life or we, you know, if they're a chef, we want to like learn, recipes or if they're, you know, a a trainer, we want to learn workouts. And I feel like with real estate, there's a whole TV thing, HGTV. Like we love it. We love that stuff. We love scenes and and the drama and, you know, whatever. So for me, I'm like, okay, if I'm doing a home inspection, I'm just going to teach people on it. I was so proud. I always, every time I see a radon system, which is like that, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. So I always, oh, I bet. Yeah. So I always <laughs> post pictures of it. Like, I don't know why it's like, if it's working or not. And so yeah. I was so proud. I just had these clients, um, a couple weeks ago, we were ratifying on a new build and the, uh, we were all in a zoom and the, uh, the builder rep was like, oh, and Radon, are you all familiar? And my client was like, oh yeah, from Bell's Instagram stories, but like, yeah. that's all I know. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. So it's just, I think for me, it's actually been helpful too, because the market's so crazy. You're trying to set expectations. And I will, I will share screenshots. Of course, I privacy block every, you know, things out, but it's like some responses from agents, you know, that are like, oh, we have 27 offers and you know, whatever. And I'm just like, wow. Um, so it's kind of helpful too, because I feel like a lot of people, they will like, you know, DM or reach out and they're familiar with the market, but then it's just, that kind of puts your foot in the door. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but so I closed 80 deals last year, but 30 came from Instagram. So, and again, I'm not doing reels or TikToks maybe in the future, but right now I'm too busy. Like I cannot stand in front of my phone and dance and point to the air for, you know, 30 tries until I get it right. I just don't have time right now. I'm laughing because I've tried a couple of reels and I'm like, oh, they make me feel uncomfortable. They're not my thing. Yeah. And dancing and like doing all this stuff until I'm, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm so with you. I'm, oh yeah. I, I was with Vine, you know, back in the day and then it disappeared and I was like, okay, I'll never do any of these videos. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's just been helpful because I feel like with my generation, um, you know, people are afraid to pick up the phone. I feel like, like technology is moving so fast that when I got started, it was all about Facebook leads and it was all about, oh, send somebody a video message of you after your open oh, house. Yeah. They're not going to remember you. I'm like, one, my sphere will find that so creepy. So know your audience, <laughs> know your sphere, know what will work for them. But um, so it was all about like Facebook leads and all that stuff. And now for me, it's like, well, I know my audience um, and I know that 
they're not going to want my email. They're not going to want my phone, you know, like a professional phone call. What's easiest for them? Oh, DMing me or replying to my stories or kind of coming along with the journey and, you know, just making it easy for them. So I just found that on Instagram, I'm doing these things already, right? I'm I'm writing offers, I'm ratifying, I'm going to closings, inspections, appraisals, like meeting with new clients and listing appointments and like I'm doing all these things anyways. So on my story and whatnot, I'm just going to bring them along. And like I said, I just, I started on Facebook a little bit and then I Mm -hmm. went to Instagram. But for me, it's like, especially if you're a newer agent and you're just starting out, like I said, I, I found a way to just turn one client into 13 like posts or, you know, different social media things, content. Mm-hmm. I should. Maybe- okay. So you're saying working with one client, you were able to make 13 different content posts, whether it was story yeah. or in your feed. Um, and then, so I just want to back up and make sure people heard you. So almost nearly one third of your closed transactions last year, you were from your Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty incredible. And you weren't doing TikToks and reels. No, <laughs> like because if you read, if you if you read, like, oh, how do I how do I get recognized on you know Instagram? They're like the algorithm right now says you need to be doing all reels. But you're yeah. saying like it's not about the a number of followers you have. It's about how are you providing value yeah. and show, and and um, showcasing yourself as the market expert to the audience that you have. And it sounds like. Yeah you do an amazing job at that. If you're turning one third of your transactions are coming out of that. Yeah. I mean, and again, like I was saying, it's like, we follow people because we like their content. We like what they do, their gardening, their whatever, like fashion stuff or home improvement stuff. So it's like, if I'm an agent and I'm showing a house and the kitchen is beautiful or the backyard is a disaster or it's a short sale. So everything is like a dumpster fire. (laughs) I'm going to show it, you know, because either I think it's funny or I think it's like cool and unique or beautiful. And I'm putting polls and asking questions. And again, it's like, for me with social media, my, my biggest thing is I want to come from a place of contribution and I want to be genuine. You know, I recognize for myself, at least right now at this chapter in my life, I'm not that comfortable with reels. So it's like, so sure the algorithm may punish me and I get 30 likes on something, but I don't care because my, my growth on Instagram, I don't have followers or anything like that. So it's been organic and I feel like you know, whatever. So it's like, I recognize that I don't want to do certain things. So I'm not going to do them. I feel like if I were to come on and, Hey guys, just want to, it's like, that's not me. So I'm not (laughs) going to do that. And the people who follow me also, I would hope probably recognize that it's like, I'm trying to like get into something that's not me. So it's like, I just want to be genuine and like teach on things, you know, that are, that I think are interesting or useful or helpful. And so, and again, I have a lot of followers that are also agents and lenders and title and, you know, all of that. Yeah. But it's just been, I think, again, moving away from kind of like Facebook leads and stuff like that, cold calling. First of all, no one even has a house phone anymore. Um, <laughs> so it's like, True. for me, I just want to be as easily accessible to the consumer as possible. And, you know, I, it's been fun because I feel like all those, you know, first DMs from leads, it's like, oh, like you're killing it. Or I, you help so-and-so and I saw and I know them. Or I've actually had even agents who are like, saw your stuff and here's so like link me with a lead or, you know, things like that. So I feel like that's been really, yeah. And you're doing, are you doing a lot of story content or both feeds and content? Yeah, probably more story just because it's quicker, but you know, I mean, on my feed, I typically will just post like more closing pictures or under contract. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or like maybe 
like quarterly stats or if, you know, Megan and I, my partner, if we had like a killer week and got seven ratified or something, you know, I don't know, maybe like a headshot or something, I don't know, some random picture, but um, yeah, probably more stories. But again, um, on Instagram, when I first started, and so, yeah, if you're a newer agent and you're like, how do I rebrand myself? Like that was my, that was kind of my pain point when I got started. Like I said, I was 23, average realtor is 54, um, you know, and (laughs) why I find that stat so funny. I know. And, And when I got started, like, again, even kind of going back to that 40 under 40 local thing, it was so special because it was like, wow, you know, I'm up here with some of the people who obviously have been around much longer than me. And I almost, you know, I look up to them and Mm -hmm. you're like well-known in the area. And I'm like up here on this like stage, getting a picture with you. Like it was Uh really cool to like kind of share that experience and just seeing my growth, I guess. But um, yeah. So for me, I was like, okay, I have to rebrand myself. I moved back home. So, okay. I kind of have a home field advantage, but at the same time, everyone I know, my whole sphere already knows an agent or is like related to one. So I just, so I had to focus on rebranding myself. And so it's like, okay, all my friends and family, they know me as like, oh, my daughter played soccer with her and she would sleep over and eat all the pizza or, you know, it's like, (laughs) they knew me as like their daughter's friend. And so it was like, okay, I only focused on positive things. So I would only post you know, if I got under contract, a five-star review, closing, if maybe it appraised higher. And so again, like, you know, and I can get into it later. And also just for anyone listening, like, well, my Instagram is by underscore W underscore bell. So like buy with bell with an E at the end, it's like Taco Bell with an E, but anyways, um, so I'm happy to like kind of help or show people how I've done this. But again, it's like the the consumer, the normal person, they don't understand all the verbiage. Half my clients don't understand, you know, I'm like, we're ratified. They're like, okay. And, and what? And EMD. And like, they we're like going through the process and they don't even know some of these things. So it's yeah. like your friends and family, they're not going to know. So it's like, you can post, you know, maybe on your story that you're in a neighborhood for a listing appointment, or maybe your team folder or some kind of net, you know, marketing thing and saying like, oh, buyer appointment, like check. And then later you can, you know, maybe post something that you're scheduling showings and, oh, busy weekend showings as you're out in showings, putting the location, you know, I've gotten leads that way. Cause they're like, oh, you do, you, you're in this area too. And oh, okay. you know, things like that. Oh yeah. Like I'm like, yes, I'm in this area. It's only 10 minutes from like where I live. Of course I, I do a lot of areas, um, <laughs> you know, showing the good, the bad, the ugly, like as yeah. much as you can show, right. You know, with privacy stuff, but um, then maybe you're, you know, you'll post that you're like writing an offer. And again, like as you're doing these things, they're not going to realize that it potentially it's all the same client. You know, the, the person mm-hmm. you had that story weeks ago about the buyer appointment, you don't realize that this is their ratified contract. When you post the under contract post of the house, obviously when you post the closing picture, you know, the, those people weren't in that under contract post. So they're different. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's all these different things. And then later when you post a five-star review, they don't really realize that it was that person And I know this for a fact because I was doing like hardly any business, but when I would go to my parent, my friends, like parents' house and stuff, they'd be like, oh, like every time I get on Facebook, like you're killing it. It's Bell sold another house. And I'm like, this quarter I have like two rentals and one, like one buyer, but I'm like, it's working because people. It's so true. We had another agent on who did very similar thing. And I can't remember her name, but she would like somebody on her team or her team lead would close and she'd go to pick up the sign. And she'd be like, another house sold. And it wasn't a lie. Like it was yeah. another house sold. It just, you know, wasn't her. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, 
people were seeing her on social media and they were like, wow, you're killing it. You're killing it. And I have to be honest, I did the same thing. Like I would just post everything, every under contract and every sold I would post. And I was just, I was just cre- like putting stuff up and people were like, oh, you're killing it. And I really wasn't. At the right. Time. I mean, comparatively, right. You're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Comparatively. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it looked like it. And I, and I attribute a lot of growth as well to, um, to, being present on social media, people watching you. Yeah. It's, yeah. I absolutely. think it's great. And I love that you're like, I was just throwing stuff on stories. I wasn't, I wasn't like trying to beat the algorithm. I wasn't doing a bunch of reels. You weren't getting crazy with it. You were just putting posts, simple posts up. And that's yeah. I, I just want to be genuine. I want to be top of mind again with the rebranding. It's like, okay, I'm not the girl that, you know, from high school sports or college sports or whatever. It's like, I am a profession in this industry mm. yeah. and, um, you know, I, when they think of me now, it's, oh, you know, Belton stole this, you know, Northern Virginia realtor. It's no longer just all the things that I was. Yeah. And again, that, that just came from very, you know, thought out um, kind of posting and how, you know, what I posted, how I posted it and worded it. And just keeping in mind that I have uh, humbly, right. I have to like rebrand myself and, and I'm younger. It kind of felt like I had all these things against me. So it just, you know, for me, it was just this slow progression, but, you know, I feel like, I don't know, people are, everyone's just so afraid of like the, their fear is just like failure and stuff. And I just feel like, um, I was just, you know, teaching this morning with our team and, uh, David Goggins and like, can't hurt me that book. Uh, we read it a couple months ago. And I mean, for me, I, like college athlete and everything. So I'm like, so competitive. I, with you. Yeah. I love that book. And I, I listened to it as I was training for a marathon. So I'm like, he's like drowning. I can absolutely get through like six miles. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he talked at one point, it was like, the only way to guarantee failure is to quit now or, you know, to quit where you are, like yeah. that will guarantee failure. And I think for us, it's like, people are just, you know, they're afraid to fail. And I feel like for, for real estate, it's either maybe someone's first job or, you know, they've retired and gone back into it. And I feel like for me, one of those earlier pains was sort of like, okay, how <laughs> I'm used to like excelling in sports and different things, but I've also had 20 years of playing sports. And now mm. I've had six months in this industry. Like I, yeah. I don't know these scripts and I don't know these things. And so I feel like as adults, we don't really realize, oh, I actually have to like learn. It's going to take time. I have to like learn this new skill and, and everything. So I feel like if, you know, if you're a newer agent, I think for me, what really kickstarted my business in probably like 2019 is Chris Craddock, my team lead. I just shadowed him like all the time. Like I was like, okay, if you have um, like calls that you're making later today where you're going to be negotiating or you have a, a, you know, a tough call coming up, like, can I just, you know, like hop on the call, I'll be on mute. I just want to hear your scripts, how you go through this. Mm -hmm. Can I shadow you on this listing appointment on these showings? Like, you know, I think for a while I was just like a, agent uber driver right i just opened the door <laughs> and would be silent I, literally i cringe i'm like oh what was i doing what a waste of time like but this i hope you guys are listening it's like please learn from my mistakes these expensive mistakes um for the first two years i like i can't even i can't believe i'm gonna just say it but it's like i would show the house and be quiet and i would just like follow them and then be like okay what do you guys think like I'm not even exaggerating that's what I would do so yeah of course I'm showing 50 homes I'm like not being helpful <laughs> and so just making you know learning from Chris learning from agents of like okay I have to I have to point out the triple molding and point out the size of the floorboards and talk about yeah, the neighborhood and the comps and you know where does where is this house better than the last one we saw and kind of 
again, my biggest thing is like, I will not, I'm not pushy. Like if it's, I'm not a psychopath, like I have to sleep at night. And if I close yeah. 80 deals and if I know that 70 of them, it's like, oh, th- that was the wrong house. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So it's like, yeah. I, you know, I, but if it's the right house, yeah, I'll push lightly. Like, okay, you guys mentioned this open concept and look at, you know, how does this compare, you know, whatever. So it's like learning from people who are doing much like way more business than me. And they're in a position that I want to be, I aspire to be in. So follow, like follow them, shadow them, like ask if you can do it. I have an agent or we have an agent right now joining the team and he's shadowing me on a, on a deal with clients right now. So for him, it's kind of, you know, top training, just like it was for me for years. And, um, so yeah, I feel like if you're kind of a newer agent, that's an easy way to just really kickstart, you know, a lot of your business. I love it. I love it. Post to social media, shadow your team leader or somebody, a mentor or somebody. Yeah. Um, and there was a third thing. What did we talk about earlier? Well, I mean, we, we talked about like failure and pain. It's like, you just yes. can't, like, you can't fear failing. Cause if you like do quit and stuff, then it's guaranteed. So yeah. it's, oh, and setting expectations. Oh, right. Desires. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I just, I don't know, all these different things, but yeah, I, I guess we didn't really like get too much into it, but I'm happy to, I don't know, anyone listening, you can like, just th- throw me a DM. I've, you know, I'm 29. I've never met another just bell. So I don't know, hopefully it's not <laughs> too hard to find on Instagram, but um, that's your handle one more time. Okay. So it's by with bell. So it's B U I underscore W underscore B E L L E. So, um, yeah, if you're an agent or, you know, I'm happy to kind of go over different things or give pointers. Stuff awesome. Like that, but. It's awesome. Thanks, Belle. I appreciate you coming on here, sharing, um, all of that valuable information with us. And I'm sure there's a lot of takeaways for our guests today. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was a fun chatting. So we should do it again. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.